All right. Well, uh, it's a privilege for me to be up here and a punishment for you all to be out there. Uh, last week, uh, we talked about understanding salvation. I'd just like to talk about the last two points on that. Um, it is what happens after salvation. And number one, we follow Jesus. Uh, we allow him to direct our attitudes, actions, and associations. And the second point was we obey Jesus. We found, find out what he wants us to do, and then we do it. Um, but it may be hard to understand, to understand those things if you're doubting uh, salvation, right. if you're not confident is, is the key word there. Um, so we'll start with the first paragraph. It says, many Christians are hindered from growing spiritually because they doubt their salvation. When doubt is removed, confidence in God's promise of eternal salvation will allow us to trust God in other areas of life. So, uh, you, uh, removing the doubt helps you to, to have focus on things. Um, you can't gain confidence when you're doubting. You can't uh, grow, you can't move forward when you're constantly doubting. And that would be like the double-minded man. Uh, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He's wavering like the sea. If you've ever been in the, at the beach, if you've ever gone in the water and the waves are constantly coming, some are, some are small, some are pretty big. Uh, they're all different. Uh, so when you're doubting, you're double-minded. And you can't uh, grow in your confidence. It says, trusting God's promise of eternal life is a solid foundation upon which to grow as a Christian. Uh, let us look at the relationship between eternal security and the assurance of our salvation. So, salvation is the foundation to the Christian life. Uh, once you get that settled, then you can really start building upon it and you can really grow. So, uh, what is eternal security? Eternal security is an awareness of God's guarantee that we are saved forever from the penalty of our sin. So the key words for me there is it's a guarantee, it's for sure, and it's forever. Uh, it's always. Turn to John chapter 10, please. We'll look at John 10, verse 27. John 10, 27. It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And I'll read 29 as well. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So that word perish, perish means to destroy fully. Uh, it, and as we talked about last week in understanding salvation, the Bible talks about the first death and the second death. The first death is the physical death. We all will have to go through that unless we're raptured out of here. Uh, but everyone has to face the first death. Perish, that's talking about the second death in Revelation 21.8. Uh, it means to destroy fully. Uh, we will not experience the second death if you are saved. That's God's guarantee uh, to you. And then uh, notice 1 Peter 1.5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. So, how do, you, how do you have that eternal security? You're kept by the power of God. It's not, it's not by yourself, as we talked about last week as well. 
It wasn't by you, and it's not kept by you. It's all of God. And Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, that word shall, that's more of the guarantee aspect of this. It's for, it's for sure. Uh, God will save and keep anyone who places his faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. So this all hinges upon the character of God that he will keep his word. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to look at that as well. To the next page, how can I be confident my salvation is forever? Well, number one, salvation is eternal. And let's turn to Hebrews chapter 5 for that. Hebrews 5, verse 9. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Uh, that he, that's Jesus Christ. And eternal, uh, I think some people get confused sometimes with the word eternal. It, they think it's just all, all in the future, but it's also past as well. It's forever past and it's forever future. Um, eternity is forever backwards and forwards as well. Everlasting is forever forwards. So there's the difference. Uh, and then Hebrews 9.12, He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So this word eternal, it's in all these verses that keep popping up. It's not just a one-off thing. You can actually build a doctrine on this. There's a lot of verses about this. Uh, second, we must choose to believe God's promise. Uh, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So, everybody has free will that God gave to them to believe, to believe God. Uh, each one of us has free will, and how we exercise that free will determines uh, your salvation. To believe God keeps his promises. Uh, flip over to 1 John chapter 2, please. 1 John 2, verse 25. Uh, and that says, And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. So really, there's just a lot of great verses. Um, anytime that you are doubting this, or somebody you know that is doubting this, this booklet is really great with all these verses that can help uh, give that reassurance. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 and 23 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance. Let us hold fast the, prof the profession of our faith without wavering. So there's, that goes back to the double-minded man. When you're, when you're doubting, you're wavering. This, this says, Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Uh, and I have here, we may not need an increase of faith, as the disciples asked. We may just need to get rid of the doubt uh, to really get that confidence. Number three, God's promise is greater than our doubt. And I found this really interesting. First uh, John chapter 3 says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. In the next verse, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. So, 
you can flip the page, to doubt is normal. Uh, even John the Baptist doubted Jesus. He, he sent a, a disciples to Jesus and asked, are you the one that we should be looking for or should we be looking for somebody else? Uh, John the Baptist even doubted, and the devil will provoke us to doubt, as he did in the Garden of Eden. We know all about that story. Uh, that's in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, when we believe God's promise, we have confidence that we are saved. If we waver in doubt, we are still saved because God's promise is greater than our doubt. So everybody, I think everybody, um, I can speak for myself, there's times when it's usually just a quick moment when you have that thought, hmm, I'm not sure about this. Well, your doubt is not greater than God's promise. He's still going to hold up his end, even if you're not sure. Uh, number four, confidence grows by our understanding and believing God's promise. The more you learn about God, the more you learn about his word, and the more you trust it, then your confidence will grow. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So that verse pretty much says it all. God is true. We are in him that is true, and it's eternal. It's forever, because God said it is. Uh, the next verse. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Uh, this is why you should come to church faithfully and be faithful in your own life with God, your own relationship with him, because you grow in faith when you come and hear the word preached. Uh, Jesus Christ came to give us a clear understanding of himself as a true son of God who guarantees us eternal life. My faith in Christ grows the more I hear and believe God's promise of eternal life. So, God does not make it a mystery. Uh, it's, he makes himself very clear that you can know, and you can hang your hat on it, per se. Uh, and when you go back for your hat, it's still going to be hanging there. Uh, he makes it very clear. It's not a mystery. And number five, salvation is not earned by works. It's not kept by works, and it's not lost by works. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, very well-known verse. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, it's not earned by works. Once again, it's not kept by it, and you can't lose it because of works. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Uh, and then look at the next page. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. So, we cannot, we cannot do good without God. Uh, it is all of him. Salvation is all of him, and eternal security is all of him. Uh, the work for our salvation was finished completely by Jesus Christ. God does not accept my payment or need my assistance to pay the sin debt. So he doesn't need your help. Uh, I didn't earn it. I cannot lose it because it's a gift. Uh, he gave it to you, and God's not an Indian giver. He doesn't take it back when he gives it to you. Uh, number six, our confidence is in whom we believe. 
This is a great verse, uh, one that I think we should all memorize if we can. It's a song even. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That's a great verse. You're persuaded, fully persuaded. There's no doubt. Uh, Number seven, we are confident of our salvation because the whole debt is paid. Uh, We shall be saved from wrath through him. And then Hebrews 10, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now where a mission of these is, there is no more offering of sin. And then one more verse on this. When Jesus said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So, once is good enough. He, he entered in uh, one time, and that's why we call it the finished work of Christ. He, he finished it. it. There's no more work to be done. Uh, Jesus took on him all the wrath we deserve. Jesus saved us from the second death. We talked about that earlier. Uh, that is the perishing part, which is eternal separation from God and the lake of fire. He was separated from the Father so we could be eternally united with him. Okay, so you can go to the next page. Can I lose my salvation? Uh, no. If you have it, no. Uh, there, is no there is nothing we can do to lose our salvation. Go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 37. This is Jesus talking. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Uh, The next verse. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. We read that earlier. Uh, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost, uh, that comes that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So, once you are saved, you can't be any more saved than you already are. Uh, if you get saved at 20, you're not any more saved when you turn 70. It doesn't increase as you get older, or it doesn't decrease as you get older either. Uh, it's the same. And I'd like to add uh, John chapter 17. Go over to that one as well. John 17, verse 12. Uh, This is Jesus talking once again. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost. So, Jesus said, all of the ones that you gave me, I didn't lose any of them. And he won't. Uh, Look at number two. Uh, Can I lose my salvation? No. Because God cannot lie. And really, this is the whole key to all of this. Uh, Everything we've built up to now depends on God being truthful and him uh, being faithful to what he said. Titus 1-2, In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. So God God is not capable of lying because he put it in the Bible. He put it in his word. Therefore, he has to keep it. And that's really the whole key to all of this. Uh, Number three, God's word says clearly we can know that we have eternal life. Uh, 1 John 5, 12 through 13. 
He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So next time somebody says nobody can know if they're going to heaven, all you got to do is show them that verse. He says that ye may know ye have eternal life. God wants you to know. Like we said earlier, he doesn't want it to be a mystery. Uh, he makes it very clear so that he, he's willing that none should perish. Uh, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Uh, and then number four, God seals or guarantees our salvation with his Holy Spirit. And that's Ephesians 1, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of, the, of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So a person that is not saved does not have the Holy Spirit on them. Once, at the, after the moment they believe, God seals you with his Spirit, and the Spirit dwells inside of you. Uh, so, if you're saved, you know you have that Holy Spirit, and that's a, that's a comforting thing. Uh, number five, our salvation is not determined by our feelings, it is determined by God's promises. So, that, that's pretty huge as well. Um, has anyone ever heard the phrase, facts don't care about your feelings? <laughs> I think that's a pretty good phrase. Uh, just because we're not feeling, feeling it in the moment doesn't mean it's not true. Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And that's Romans 8 as well. Go to Romans 8. Romans 8, this is a good passage for this. It's about the security of the believer. Verse 35 of Romans 8, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, see, he's convinced, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So nothing, nothing can come between you and your salvation. Uh, if you're walking in sin... Oops, I got ahead of myself. So, faith in God's promises calms our feelings. Feelings can mess with you mentally a lot of times. When you're depressed, uh, when, you're, when you're excited. It can go both ways. When you're, when you're a little too high, when you're a little too low, they can mess with you, with you mentally. And really fearing the wrong things will, will mess with you as well. If you're afraid of things, uh, you should, we should fear the Lord and claim His promises and that will overcome your feelings. Uh, why do people doubt their salvation? Uh, the first key is guilt from habitual sin. 
That's 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. So if you're walking in sin, you don't have that close fellowship with him because God's in the light. And if you're not walking in the light, well, you're not going to have that fellowship. Uh, so a Christian that is backslidden or not living right, uh, they'll, be they'll be more tempted to doubt because of, of the sin. The sin separates you from God. Uh, guilt from a habitual sin will cause people to doubt their salvation. Romans 8.1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after flesh, but after the Spirit. Uh, and then second, we cannot remember the details of when we got saved. I've had some interesting conversations about this recently. Uh, some, people, some people get saved at a very young age. They make that profession of faith. And then they grow up and then they think, I wonder if I really got saved then or somewhere in between here and now. Because I know I'm saved now, uh, but I'm not sure if it was really the moment that I always thought it was. Um, but these verses will help. 1 John 3, 24, Hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. So that's that sealing of the Holy Spirit that God does when you believe. He seals you with the Spirit. He dwells inside of you. And we know he abides in us. Uh, your Spirit, uh, you're of the same Spirit now. And Romans eight sixteen, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of of God. So he knows you and you know him. Uh, number three, the devil tries to deceive us. That's a big one. First John chapter four, go over to that one for the next verse. So the devil tries to deceive us. First John chapter four, verse three. In every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So your spirit should be able to identify the spirit of truth, and you'll be able to identify the spirit of error. God is greater uh, than the devil. And it says, uh, than he that is in the world. That's the devil. The devil is the, is the God of this, of this world, the earth. And the devil... If the devil can get you to doubt, then he can stunt your growth. Uh, he can, he can uh, prevent you from your service to God. He can really hinder your, your walk as a Christian, and you're not going to become what God wants you to become. If he can, you're already saved, so he, he lost out there, but he can hopefully prevent you from doing what you really should do, and he'll try to deceive you that way. Uh, number four that people doubt their salvation is because of false teachers. Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 26, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you, and seduce means to lead astray 
and deceive. And really, number three and four are connected. Uh, so all the religions out there, all the ideas out there that man and Satan have come up with, they're, they're really the agenda is to deter a person from believing the truth. Uh, and ultimately, doubting, it, it usually doesn't last long. It's usually, hopefully, it's just a quick thought or a quick moment. And then, hopefully, you realize, oh, yes, I, I, I remember God's promises. They're eternal. Uh, and, and really, we, sh- we should cast down and bring into captivity those thoughts and those imaginations, as it says in 2 Corinthians 10. And when that happens, uh, go read these verses on God's promises. This is a great tool. I mean... We read, I don't know how many verses on this. There's a lot of verses that back it up, and uh, hopefully you can use them for yourself or for anyone else uh, in the future.